Welcome to the Powered by Age, Age-Friendly City Zoomcast, reality-style podcast. We are movers and shakers, shaking up the old notion of silent, helpless, invisible seniors. This is a new series of podcasts funded by the City of Vancouver and the 411 Senior Center Society. As PBA AFC ambassadors, we raise awareness, share our original stories and poems, inform, advocate, and involve seniors in discussing important social issues. In short, these podcasts will help us, you, in creating an age-friendly city for Vancouver today, tomorrow the world. You can hear us everywhere podcasts are heard. Hello and welcome to Powered by Age. Powered by Age is a senior-led podcast that's been going strong for 52 sessions. Today we're talking about Mother's Day, some things that are inherently powerful about the month of May, but we will be inviting you to think about what motherhood means to you and ways that you might creatively write something for the person that has brought those nurturing, empowering energies into your life. But first, we have a news break from Jesse. Hi, uh, I'm Jesse. I'm the one of the technical producers of the podcast, um, and I work with CJSF 90.1 FM. Uh, before we get started, I just want to acknowledge that we're recording, uh, depending where we are, on the unceded territory of the Musqueam, Coquitlam, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples, among others, again, depending where we are. Um, and unceded means that that land was never formally or officially uh, transferred, uh, and that it, it still sits in a, a legally questionable status, and that uh, we, we should be working towards uh, reconciliation and uh, honoring the, the land that we are on. Also, um, the Powered by Age podcast is sponsored by the Government of Canada New Horizons for Seniors program and the 411 Seniors, Soci- 411 Seniors Center Society. Excuse me. Yeah. And I'm also going to share just a little piece of news with you folks. I'm just going to bring up uh, a document on my screen for those here at the meeting to see. You have all been invited to the City of Vancouver's Accessibility Strategy Dialogue. Um, which is, as you can see here, just um, a, a series of dialogue sessions um, happening virtually that will provide you the opportunity to give the city some feedback about how you, what could help you participate uh, with the city and, and what could help you feel included in your community. Um, so we're looking for people to participate in these two-hour sessions, which involve an hour and a half of talking, um, or of conversation, there will be ASL and closed captioning for each session. Um, and the key part here, you'll also be uh, compensated with an honorarium for your participation. So um, if you want to contribute to the accessibility strategy to help create a livable city designed for all people, uh, you can either email karen.lai at vancouver.ca. That's karen.lai at vancouver.ca. Uh, or uh, if you're here in the meeting and you're interested, you can you can just write in the chat that you're interested or get in touch with Charlotte, our lovely host, pbaafc at gmail.com, uh, and she can put you in touch with uh, the right people. Uh, did you have a question, Wendy? I just wondered how many sessions you're likely to have. Uh, I think it's just one. 
um, or like there's one time that they're happening is Tuesday, oh. June 8th from 10 to 12. Oh. But oh. there will be, depending on the side, how many people respond, they'll probably have multiple simultaneous discussion groups at sort of like a manageable size. So it might go on for a few weeks. You would do it, not just one two-hour session. No, I think it is just one two-hour session. Right. Then they'll be looking for another four to five. It's one way they're trying to move around and ask different programs that are involved with seniors for four or five people from their groups so that they will have manageable discussion groups of about 10 to 12 is what they're aiming for. Okay. Okay, so now what we usually do is have the people that come on at the beginning introduce themselves. People that come on later, they just get absorbed in the conversation. But we'll start with uh, kind of in the order that I saw people come in. And that was initially Wendy, who is new and is one of our participants. So would you like to introduce yourself? Um, Well, I've been retired for 10 years, which has been wonderful. Um, and I, my lifetime interests have been writing, fiction, writing, visual art, history, photography, and I do a fair bit of social justice stuff. So um, I'm able to do those things in retirement, and that's just been wonderful. So, uh, yeah. Um, oh, I've also done a lot in academia. I did a late PhD, which was kind of ridiculous, but I did it partly because I was disabled there for a time, uh, waiting for two hip replacements, and I, I couldn't do anything else. So you've probably never heard of a person doing a PhD without ever having a goal to do a PhD, but I did one and I did, it, did get it finished, et cetera, and it's in history. So I do write history for Deep Cove Heritage Society, and I'm involved with them. Uh, I was involved with um, End Homelessness Now for seven years, and now I just do, uh, I, I work on campaigns. You know, we, we've gone a few months now without a political campaign, which is wonderful because it, working on campaigns for a while there, it sounded like it was going on and on and on. So that's sort of what I'm about. Wonderful. We, we have people that are activists, people that are interested in issues, so I'm sure we'll be yeah. drawing on your interest and skill yeah in acting up. <laughs> yeah. Neil? Yeah, hi. My name is Neil Ryan. I'm a writer. I'm a poet, uh, a writer mostly of short stories and poetry. Mm. And uh, I'm exploring the dark side of poetry for the first time. So, And I have a book published. Thank you very much. Where is it? It's called From the Other Side. About 60 poems and three, three short stories. So, And it did a really wonderful job yesterday because I sold seven, eight books yesterday. So right on. Oh, congratulations. Nancy? Hello, I'm Nancy Sinclair, and I live on Vancouver Island, British Columbia. And I have lots of different interests. I have a pet sitting business, and I'm a caregiver, and I photographer and writer and and just got in from walking and was sharing with Charlotte that a hummingbird just flew above my head about a foot above me and that was a nice gift for the day so <laughs> so I'm excited to hear our conversation today about Mother's Day I explored so I've never considered considering Mother's Day so I'm excited about today thank you <laughs> uh, thank you for your enthusiasm um 
-hmm. We have a queen. We have Queen Combi. <laughs> Say your name properly for me if I messed it up. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you, everyone. My name is Combi Nanjala. Combi, I was born when we didn't have food back in Africa. Uh, that time my mama gave birth to me. And that is why I was given the name Nanjala. Nanjala means hunger. Hmm. So in Africa, we go by which day you're born, which month you're born, uh, what is the season. So we don't have to struggle looking for a, a name. The kid is born during rain. They just call, call the kid rain. Uh, when, when it's hunger, Nanjala, rain, Nafula. Uh, when people are struggling, so when it's joy, skuku, so we don't have a problem. So Nanjala is my name, as explained. I'm a caregiver. I've been to Canada. I, I arrived since 2006. I came here through United Nations uh, because I worked in the slums of Kibera. Kibera is the second largest slum in Africa. So I worked in the slums helping those people who are dying of HIV AIDS. That time, HIV AIDS in Africa was a threat. People didn't understand what it meant. Nobody would go closer to a person dying of HIV AIDS. And I got involved uh, trying to wash and clean them. And uh, I am so lucky that... Um, I didn't realize how dangerous or how good it was. I used to wash them, clean them without gloves because we didn't have gloves. Mm. Uh, but I I even didn't realize, I didn't even think of what am I doing. Is I, I just washed them, I just fed them, I was there with them. And then we struggled to to upgrade this, the, the living standard, to upgrade the slums, and we were able to build uh, houses in the slums that are permanent today and that was the part of my job that brought me to, to Vancouver to showcase my work in uh, in the slums of Kibera. I've been, uh, 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 when I arrived I did uh, a course, uh, I, I trained in the caregiving, I was able to work, I've been working with people uh, who are dementia. I work with the people who are um, mentally handicapped. Um, and I also work on the streets of Vancouver, helping those with the, the challenges on um, the drugs, homelessness. So on the streets of Vancouver, because I worked with the kids in the streets of Nairobi, I thought when I come to Vancouver, I'll still co continue working with the people on the streets of Vancouver, uh, Hastings. But I think it was different and it was hard for me to maneuver that uh, because these ones are grown-ups back in Africa. It helped the, the small, young people, uh, kids on the streets. So it was hard for me. But I opted out to be cooking for them so I have been cooking food and serving the people on the streets since 2008 up to I am giving the food next on, on 15th of this month again.
So that has been my work. Sorry that um, my introduction is too long and it's still there. If I talk, I can talk the whole two, <laughs> two days. But oh, I, I'm happy to hear about what to, you're doing. Yeah, I don't and, want to bother you. And uh, this is Mama. I She called me Queen. I have always been proud of who I am. And that is why I say I'm uh, a queen of Africa. I'm African queen. And if you call me that, I'm okay. If you call me Mama Kombi, I am okay. If you simply called me Kombi, I am good. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Um, Dr. Ruby, can you hear us? Oh, okay. Introduce. Some have met you. We just are having that brief time where people introduce themselves and then we're going to go into the activities for today. It's so interesting because a little bit I have of everybody Uh, from from you in Africa. I was in um, um, South Africa one time. I enjoyed being there. I've been uh, in my as far as nationalities. I from the 40s to the 50s um, and on and beyond, my family was, um, one part of my family was Methodist. My mother was a Muslim. My father was a religious scientist. And my mother thought that, she, that he was a Scientologist and took me to visit. And I had a friend that was Catholic, so I joined the Catholic Church. <laughs> and that's where I studied. Um, up until I um, fell, fell uh, till I got um, my degree at the Loyola Marymount University, and we had to study religion, and I realized it was all one, and that's when I became a religious scientist. So I was with the um, for thirty years with the um, Church of Religious Science, and I'm. Uh, practitioner and a minister with International Metaphysical Ministries, and also with um, ooh, CSL. I got my doctorate, like you said, later. Late. And my doctorate was in um, the, in um, just support of people, families, and everything. And right now, basically, I'm with the international um, ICUJP, which is International uh, Unity for um, Justice peace and I'm on the board there and my daughter I think my daughter's been on that board oh what's her name Christy Stevenson hmm could have been could have been yeah up to to about three years ago anyway sorry to interrupt sorry to no that's okay because we'll she can get back on um because we're doing a viral now or virtual what is it yeah okay on friday mornings at 7 a.m if anyone wants to come but also i've worked with homeless people i don't call them homeless i call them um what do i call them about you know choosing their home or something else i had another title it'll probably come up you know with senior stuff here yes that i give them but um I, I have, and, and regarding books, I've been writing these books for so many years. And so I was very happy to um, to meet this loving spirit, Charlotte, who is also a sister as a, at Agape International Spiritual Center. So this is me. And as far as colors and nationalities in the 40s and 50s, 
I I thought, you know, everybody was just the same, just about. I mean, we were lighter or darker or whatever, but I had no idea of what was happening to, until the 60s to the 70s because I went to high school in Germany. And oh. uh, <laughs> so I came back to the States and here I am. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome. We have such a thread of commonality. We've got travelers, we have adventurers, we have people who have got a not just a belief in justice, but lifelong work in those areas. So this is a good thing that we will share in May, which is uh, a few fun facts that I'm going to give about May. Uh, who knows where, the, where we got the name May? No. Well, it's the fifth month of the Gregorian calendar, and it's defined as the fifth month of the year, and it has 31 days. And along with the rest of the months, they all come from the Romans and were based in Latin. May entered English in the, in the 1050s. It developed from an old English word, Maeus, which was borrowed directly from the Latin Maeus. I might not be saying the accent right. <laughs> and it meant, it was short for Maeus Mensis, Maeus month, literally Maeus month. The Greek goddess Maya was one of the plagues, the companions of Atremus, the goddess of the hunt. So Maya is related to goddesses. So it's sensible, interesting that that connects with Mother's Day. Um, Maya was the mother of Hermes, the messenger of the gods. But the Romans had another goddess named Maya who just happened to share a name with the Greek goddess. So the Greek goddess became conflated with the Roman Maya Majesta, the goddess of fertility and spring. So um, the growth and increase that we see in the month of May is associated with this roots of its, its uh, naming of those, well, from the two goddesses. And if you want to dig a little deeper, the Greek name Maya comes from a root, meaning mother, nurse, midwife. It appears to be related to Magnus, we know someone named Magnus, Jesse, huh? <laughs> and Magnus means um, great in the source of words like magnify. So May is a, one t a fantastic month for us to be exploring and playing around with. So today we are also looking at and talking about Mother's Day. And we ask people if you had a picture, a thought, uh, or something that you wanted to share related to Mother's. So um, Neil jumped right on, <laughs> right on the on the email and sent back a message. He has a a, a poem that he wrote for his mother. So we're going to hear his uh, mother's poem. Hear my mother poem. Mm -hmm. um, my mother born nineteen oh three. So. Uh, my born in 1940, she was already a, a mature human being. So I have a poem that I wrote a couple of years ago now called Ordinary Mary. Ordinary Mary, 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 quite ordinary. What were the dreams you dreamed? And did any of them ever come to be true? I never really knew you, 
and what the needs you had, whatever they might have been, you kept them all to yourself. And I apologize because I never thought to ask. Mary, Mary, quite ordinary. I knew you were my mother, but that was all I knew of you. It never occurred to me that you were a person too. You had a life other than to be there just for me. Tell me, Mary, what was it that you aspired to be or to do? Mary, Mary, quite ordinary. What were the, your thoughts as evolution passed you in the blink of an eye? From oil lamp light to spacemen walking on the moon? As a girl, did you dream you were to be married, bear children, live life and grow old on the farm? The farm the bank took because the rains never came. Ordinary Mary, quite ordinary. I heard that times were tough when I was little. And whenever I was frightened, you took me to your rocking chair. That's the one you rocked me in when you were frightened too. As I grew older, I labeled you as nothing fancy, nothing bold, just a housewife in the city with a family to look after. Mary, Mary, quite ordinary. For seven days and seven nights, the rains did constant fall. And again, you lost your home. Only it wasn't drought this time as the river overflowed and swept away all of our possessions and the memories that they held. Afloat, out on the lake, just a mile or two, and forever gone away. Mary, Mary, quite ordinary. I knew so little of who you might have been. So now you're gone, but not forgotten. But I wish I could tell you, you'll be in my heart forever. And to thank you oh so much for being my ordinary mother. End of poem. Nice. Good. Thank you, Neil. Any thoughts or comments? Uh, no, I think that it's well stated and that, that a lot of children fail in that way of realizing that the parents had dreams and how many of the dreams did they set aside on behalf of the children and to appreciate that because I, I don't know what my mother's original dreams were, but um, I had three photos I haven't got with me. I, you know, it would take me too long to find them, you know, about my filing system by co that comment. But uh, that sense of there was one when my mother was finally engaged and she seemed very happy and they bought a piece of property in Deep Cove. And I think, okay, she seemed like, you know, ready for this adventure. It was pretty much a house with no, no running water, et cetera. Uh, they were pretty much settlers there, born in 1913. And another one uh, of her winning... Um, coming number four being presented her medal of number four in um, world swim meet so as an older person 78 she started competitive swimming and she ended up at the world's meet uh, swim meet in montreal and there were 26 people her age group in it so instead of getting goals by default almost as she did for many years in bc or very little competition in her age group um that she that she all of a sudden was successful in that way. And that was a way I'm sure she never thought of. So that's enough. You've heard from me. <laughs>
In other words, what you dream is maybe not what you get, but maybe you had something that was an accomplishment that was also, she quit swimming, competitive swimming at 88, and she was uh, BC's second oldest competitive swimmer. And that, that her whole life was built around that in the last 10 years was competitive swimming. Wow, that's interesting. That, that brings us up over to something else that's one of the goals set for this podcast group, which was to build the largest reservoir of stories that people have about family members, friends, etc. And uh, we've had, we, we, we have the capacity on a day other than Thursday for you to record. You can do an interview or you can do a reflection about your mom and that could go into this reservoir that we're building. Is it all on, on your mom though? Is it all supposed to be about your family or your mother? No, 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 that's just oh, what, anything. I mean, when you were talking about the things oh. she did at 88, I thought that's pretty remarkable. No one would know about that. But you no, know, you could do uh, interviews or stories about anyone that you find oh. interesting or notable. It doesn't have to be someone that the Vancouver I'm, I just papers have said you. is notable. Yeah, I'm doing certain things like that for the Deep Cove Heritage Society already so yeah and i do yeah are they recording them yes yes some of them are being recorded yeah Mm -hmm. and others are just writing i'm writing a feature on an older person for each newsletter okay yeah so who else brought something that they'd like to share i just want to make a comment listening to neil's Mm -hmm. poem it struck me that how my mom had put her dreams aside for for getting married to her my husband my dad and and uh you know just that generation just so that was what she did what was acceptable and what she thought was you know her responsibility and i never really knew any of her dreams other than i believe she wanted to be a nurse but she just seemed at the time that it was the right thing to do was that he was the man, he was, you know, the head of the family and what he decided is is what went what you know what went down. So it uh, I we were asked, you know, suggested to bring a picture and I have one picture of me with my mom when I was a baby. And it's the only picture I have, so I'm adopted. So she's my my adopted mom. Uh, and I know very little about her actually, very little about her. And but I've always had such gratitude for having been adopted. I was born in Argentina and adopted a newborn baby and traveled the world and lived in different places because of my dad's, um, where he worked. And, you know, until we were asked the question about Mother's Day, I didn't, I've never really queried it. You know, we, we were just raised as it was, you know, once one day out of the year to celebrate Mother's Day. And, you know, with, flowers or lunch or whatever it is and so I did a little bit of research and I, I had I wasn't aware that um, the gal that originally uh, wanted to have it celebrated her name was Anna Jarvis she was from West Virginia and it was officially marked as a uh, national holiday official holiday in the U.S. in 1914 and she pushed for it uh as a way to celebrate her mom when she passed and Anna herself never had children. And, and then she got quite involved with doing other things. Um, 
had Mother Day work clubs to teach women how to care for their kids. And then, because it became so commercialized, she actually started fighting to have it decommercialized because she was so upset about, you know, what they had done with it because that wasn't, wasn't the point of the whole thing. So she became, I guess, very politically involved with something that she wanted marked as a really special occasion for the right reasons. And, and then she fought to have it, you know, not celebrated as an official holiday. So, and so I just had some reflection in terms of, you know, Mother's Day and uh, in terms of, you know, privilege. We all have privilege of varying sorts. And, 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 and listening, listening to that wonderful woman that shared, the, the queen, um, we all have such different experiences. And, and Mother's Day is so commercialized as so many other holidays are. And, and you know, and, and to be a mom, it's such, it's such a commitment. And beyond that, I mean, there's so many pieces to this, so many components of it. And there's a lot of sacrifice and sacrifice in, in such different ways. And, you know, it's a real privilege to be a mom. It's also a real privilege for the children to have mothers. And, you know, despite the types of relationships they may or may not have, the abilities the mothers may or may not have, the situations, the circumstances, you know, everybody doing their best in the moment with the tools and resources they have. And, and whether we have had good relationships, whether we've had moments of really good parts of those relationships, whether they've, they've been dysfunctional or, or distressed, or I mean, who knows what, there's, there's so many components. I mean, I don't know anything about my, my biological mom or dad, and yet I have so much gratitude um, you know, because if not for them, and then not for my adoptive parents, and and on and on, and and I had such a wonderful childhood in so many ways, and and lots of complications with my relationship with my mom. We were never close, and I've done a lot of forgiveness work for a lot of things that have occurred. And and Charlotte posing these questions, I recognized last night that. As much as I've done a lot of forgiveness work and I'm in a good place about things, my mom passed on many years ago and I actually couldn't even, I don't even know when she passed on. But I haven't done any healing work in terms of creating a new relationship. And it just struck me last night that I have the opportunity to do that now with her in spirit. And there's so much to being a mom. I mean... I remember when my son was born, he's 31, and I remember holding him and falling in love in a way that I have never experienced, could never describe, could never show enough gratitude for him. And like you say, whether despite what type of relationship anybody has or hasn't had with their mom. At one point in time, when that baby came into the world, it's the greatest gift that woman 
ever, ever could experience. And regardless of, of what unfolds in the course of a lifetime, that woman loved that baby more than anything, anything. And she could possibly describe to anyone. So as much as we all have our moments, you know, we all go through these ages and stages of life and natural parts of our life where we have discourse with our parents and we go for, through our rebellious times and, and whatever it is. But it's such, such a gift and such an honor. And so how you just celebrate it in one day, commercialized or not commercialized, it just, I, I appreciate the question, Charlotte. I appreciate you asking, you know, about Mother's Day. And uh, and it is so much more than just you know, Mother's Day is here and afar. But the hearts, you know, the hearts. And, and we're all, I believe that we're all responsible in so many ways. It's that whole context of, you know, it takes a village, right, to raise um, children, so we we all are we all have our hearts that we can put out to love one another and and take care of each other's children, whether we know them or not. So, thank you. One of the things I'd like to say is that um, on Mondays we're on a call, and one thing we do, um, the person you know, we bless our ancestors, and mm -hmm. one thing he says on there. Is those ancestors that are supporting us known and unknown? Mm. And I thought about that when you when you spoke about your mother. So those that are loving you, those that you've never even thought about or meant before, but they're still your ancestors. And I because you know this is what we all you know come on, and then you know we say you know the ones we know, and then we say those known and unknown. So I just want to share share that with you. Thank, thank you, Dr. And, and thank you for the support, you know, and all the information that you gave, because it's kind of a similar travel with me, except I knew my mother. So I'm, I'm going to pass, and then when, when I'm ready to read, I'll read. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Hey, hey, Nancy, thank you very much for sharing. I, I My son is adopted, and I know the trials and tribulations that go through that process and and uh and i'm i'm blessed that he and i have become best friends oh that's wonderful so, so. thank you um nancy uh like what you have shared is to me i can't imagine because for us life is different in africa they say a child is raised by a village and that is true when uh, a parent or both parents die this kid remains remains inside that particular family the people who know the kid the people who have raised the kid. So the difference between us in Africa and in Canada, I'm, I'm just coming to learn about uh, Mother's Day when I'm old, like I am here. 
we didn't celebrate it. We didn't even uh, look at it. But Nancy, what you say is is touching. It's um, it is it's good that I'm I'm learning something. We are all learning something. I have worked supporting uh, people out there, like I said. And I come to places, I meet people when they're in their last days on the earth, that God did not place them with children or who did not want to bear children because of different uh, problems. And when they're almost going and they don't have any relative, they don't have that kid, it pains. You will see the pain in their eyes. Like, I wish if, or like, it's really painful. And for you, uh, having no parent, your own biological, and, and then you have this adopted family, that left you feel like you're feeling you even didn't have that connection to them and you even don't know when your mom died it is it is so it's so touching because it's something that you wished to have it's something that you wished like when others are saying my mom i met my mom i'm going to see my mom where are you what do you think and that is exactly what what made you maybe not even remember that we have Mother's Days, but with the love that you felt when you held your son. And that is the feeling that you had. I wish if there was somebody who loved me the way I love my son. Everything is not gone, um, my, my sister. I believe that uh, God has a purpose for everything and we just have to appreciate. We just have to thank uh, him and we thank you for sharing. Later, maybe I can, I can share my my poem. I have a poem from my son to Mama, if it's okay. But if not, maybe next time. Oh no, you could read it now. Oh, I can read it. Okay. <laughs> so this is a, a a poem from my son. He's educated. He's not like me. So he wrote it, Mama, where and why. Mama, why is your hand not on my head? Why are you so quiet without a hum or a song? Why am I not rocking along with your hum? Why don't you lull me to sleep? I want to sleep just like yesterday. Where is Yaya? I miss the butterflies and the flowers he brings. The way he lifts and throws me in the, hair, in the air. He lets me watch the colored water from the chicken's neck. The feathering, and he lets me taste the raw meat. My milk has never tasted this different. Unless you are late from the dirty land with soil on your feet and hands and sometimes yams on your head for me, where you come from with water on your face and breathe like a running dog or 
is the milk from the small room in, in this dark hut where the sweet sand is kept in a wooden pole. And when you are weak and choose not to let me circle, the green legs and black feet are gone. Their lashes and kicks went with them. The loud stick and their noisy mouth left. The big dogs with huge teeth ran after them. They have clothes that look like leaves. Ha 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 ha. And their faces resemble butchers caught. What did the paper tell the one who's, who sat here? He kept laughing. I wish the paper told me too. Did they come for the mangoes? Did you steal those mangoes? Yaya gave me the big one. He wants me to grow strong and lift him. Where is father? Did they want father's snuff? He says it's very expensive and I should not touch it. Why haven't you started the fire, Mama? Why did Yaya fall after the loud noise? I see him hiding over there. He has always been so good at hiding. Why are the village people coming? We did not slaughter cow this month. And the father is not here with his car either. Why are they screaming, Mama? Who has left this land to visit the spirits? Like the story you told me last night, Mama. Can you hear me, Mama? Can you hear me, Mama? 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 Mm. That is this is so touching. touching. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So touching. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what he meant. I'll go back to him and ask. To me, when I read it, I read so I, I, I start feeling about the the things that happen in Africa. You wake up one morning and there is war, like what happens in uh, in Congo. Uh another thing is like he woke up and the mother was dead. So I need to go back and ask him what he really meant. But it, when I read that poem, it has always touched me. And I, I start feeling like something is not right. Or I just start feeling like I want to cry. But that is his, his poem. Thank you for listening. Uh, it seems to me like he's asking because he feels you have the wisdom and there's these things he can't figure out about what's going on around him. But knowing or feeling your heart that you would have an answer, it's like all the things troubling him where he doesn't understand about life, he's asking you, knowing in some way you would answer or soothe him about it. Mm -hmm. How old was he when he wrote that poem? He wrote it when he, he was about 21. Yeah. yeah, he's now 30. 
did anyone else write something or bring something from uh, a picture or an item of their mothers that made them think of a mother? Well, this book fell down on the floor <laughs> and my mother wrote it. Uh, it's a little different. My mother was a jazz singer. So I can go on YouTube and, and kind of uh, anytime I get lonely and everything. But um, she was, um, I'll tell you, her mother and my great-grandmother had babies together. My great-grandmother had seven children. So my mother was raised with these children. She, my, her, my grandmother, her name was Hazel, and my great-grandmother was uh, Phyllis. So um, my mother was the youngest, and her daughter, my grandma, my great grandmother's daughter, was the youngest. So as my mother was ra basically raised with this family, because her mother Hazel was swift, and I happened to look in this book, and I found a poem, and I haven't e I hadn't even read this poem, but it it's called Hazel the Unique. You know, I was looking to see what I should read since you mentioned it. And when I saw Hazel the Unique, I said, if my mother wrote about Hazel, she was she was reading about my grandmother. So I'd like to share this with you. Um, my mother, even though um, I, I'll just say this about her uh, as far as raising me. Uh, I was very lucky because when my mother and my father broke up, my mother decided, uh, my family decided to keep me in the home. We had a large home in Denver, Colorado. And so they made me a ward of the home, whereas I was adopted in the home. And my mother could have me as long as she didn't take me on her trips or travel. They went to court on this, so I was kind of adopted to the house in a different way. So, um, and then when my great-grandparents went over, um, I had a choice to try moving with my mother, and I did. That's when I came to California, and my mother was very busy and saw how busy I was, and so she sent me to Germany with my um, great-aunt and her husband. They were in the service. But anyway, this is what my mother wrote about my grandmother, Hazel the Unique. In the past... I have read millions of words written by others, extolling, expounding on their love and worship and virtue of their mothers. But like so many people, I have hesitated before putting thoughts into words on paper. It's hard for me to explore. Still, I wonder how many never took the time to say, mother, I adore you in so many different ways. In this wilderness of life, you've been my beacon and guiding light, growing and watching and struggling with you. I've learned of wrong and right. My prayer now, you see, is that I didn't fall too short. On the mark you set for me, that's the only way I know. You were guiding me constantly. I can never remember a time together when we didn't share laughter, 
Your sense of humor always brought us thoughts through made comedy of disaster. Mother, I just must tell you how I feel. The emotions that well within me are the only things real. If this time is distinct or if it's near at hand and God has a desire for you to fulfill another plan, don't mind if you must stop, drop this earthly body. Assume another form of transition isn't difficult. It's why we were born. Your body has grown fragile and time worn. With age unable to completely repair itself and has advanced another stage, this knowledge shouldn't hamper or stifle your endeavor. The beauty of your mind and soul is meant to live forever. Infinity, there's a brand new healthy body just waiting for you to take possession of and return for the work you have yet to do. You are a beautiful, living, reverend, spiritual being belonging not only to me, but the whole universe. God is ever overseen. Whatever is in order, it is futile to resist. Whatever his command, to his will, we all submit. So when the time comes to traverse this strange, exotic new land, don't be afraid. Reach out and God will touch your hand. That was written by my mother to my grandmother in her book. And this, this happens to be the first time that I read it. And the book fell out on the floor. You know, and I would look through the book, you know, but I just never really saw it. And I know this, they're all my ancestors and the mothers are shining down on me right now. <laughs> just blessing my mother and this book. I think what an awesome thing that it just fell on the floor and said, here, here. Right. <laughs> you want I to bring had, something I different. several books up here. And this, the, this was the original one because it has the black on it. Yeah, so, so mama's in my business all the time. <laughs> well, I think there's such a beautiful connection um, in what you said about um, not knowing or taking into account what the mother did. We had such a connection to Neil's poem at the beginning. Yes. And then uh, Wendy bringing out things her mother did at 88, that in, in each way, it's brought about these different ways. It's not a hallmark moment. <laughs> no syrupy language can match all of the things that each of you have brought forth in talking about mothering. Yes. Mama Kumri and talking about not only the letter from her son, but the way that she mothered people who were dying and people who were shunned with no worry of whether she would be ill. And then the testimony that here she is now, still well, and looking at ways to feed people on the streets of Vancouver. And so I think that just this 
inner desire to give and to love is something that's one way of looking at motherhood. And it kind of is an answer to people who feel um, like, um, I don't know whether it's, it's not necessarily has to be gender related because it's a quality that like as their son was looking at the qualities and things that were put in the neil talking about the qualities and things that he got from his mother and seeing her suffer and losing everything that she had stood for that this is a quality that is worth nurturing as uh nancy said when that you finish with the struggle of getting this little being out of you (laughs) that you can in the next few minutes really look and love uh this little thing that you've carried around and that's caused so much trouble but then also being adopted and feeling how somebody could love you and take care of you even though they hadn't gone through and been the person of birthing you. So I really thank you for what you shared in these conversations. And it gives um, rise to other things within our agenda as we jump into June, looking how, at how we can um, unlock stories, encouraging more people to look at the stories that are there of their ancestors or their family. Because too often we're always told about somebody else that's the great thing or somebody else that's the healer, warrior, nurture, and right there in your own family, everybody has someone. And so getting those stories out, there is a, uh, an entity in the U.S. called StoryCorps, and they've got over 2,000 stories um, recorded. I did their workshop, and they said, well, if you record stories, they won't go into our National Library of Congress, but I encourage you to have a reservoir uh, in Canada like that. So 411 Center, this part uh, Powered by Age podcast program is in communication with uh, libraries and other people who've got their own uh, regional reservoirs to see if we can connect. And then also are having the technology and the skills to help people, whether it's just recording or using different inflections and so forth with telling a story. Those are things that are going to be available again. And one area is the audio books because uh, people are buying audio books like never before, but the opportunity that while we are still circulating this thing called oxygen and uh, have ideas in our brain, we can continue to write and output stories. So each of you in the ways that you are all involved with other people, you can encourage other people to get involved with the podcast. Those of you who might be hearing the podcast, if you want to find out how to uh, get the login number, you can email me at pbaafc at gmail.com. You could comment on the CJSF radio station by tagging. You put the hash sign CJSF and uh, let us know through that way that you would like to be involved in this podcast program and in the things that we're learning. Also, I was very heavy of heart on Monday. The third of the month was the day of the month that my mom made her transition. And even though it was 28 years ago, I was still just feeling things that I'd never said to her or wish I had said, or um, this person is kind of like a magician doing all these things, but yet they're ordinary. And so I found, I wrote a, I found pictures. And so one of the things we'll be able to teach people how to do is how to make a simple movie, a video with pictures. I made a three-minute movie uh, that I put on my Facebook of just pictures that I had and then 
uh, it lets you easily put in captions. So that's another one of the types of, of workshops that we'll be able to do on um, this additional day to our Thursday podcast. So as I say, when we're signing out on the radio, we'll see you again next week for the podcast at one. See you on CJSF Friday mornings at 10. And it's always love time, poem time, and happy Mother's Day to each of you who have been mothers or had a motherly spirit that has supported things that are happening here and around the world. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, each and every one of you. Thank you. Thank you, Charlotte, everyone. Love and peace out. Love and peace out. Remember to tell a friend. Bring a friend. (laughs) Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. God bless.